book. It's really yellow, but uh, nonetheless, red has to do with our mission, which is to reach and educate and deploy. Can you believe that today, Easter is five weeks away from today? I cannot believe that. But God wants to use each and every one of you as evangelists as we run up toward Easter. It is the biggest day of the year in, in all of Christendom. Because if there is no resurrection, then we're still in our sins. Amen? And so I want to urge you, take a look at this. I told somebody the other day, I cannot believe one of the greatest stats in here is that your church, the harbor, gave $208,000 outside of these four walls last year alone. More than doubled, or, or nearly doubled. The, I think 106000 was the year before. Just an incredible how in the world do you say, well, Pastor, did we just have all that money to give? No, but he did. Couldn't we have paid the church off? No, but we could have put a big dent in it. But the thing about it is, is being faithful to God and trusting him as we go. I ask you to do it, and you do. You're faithful in your tithing and your giving, and we as a church likewise do the same thing. We've sown thousands and thousands of dollars back into our community. I'll be going to Africa in um, April for 11 day, 10 or 11 days. Uh, following up on the $13,000 you sent last year to the orphans there. And we're going to be training pastors. We've adopted a theory to change that culture, to change, or not the culture, but change that nation. We have to get kids at a very young age and train them because so many of you know that once you hit a certain age, you just sort of set in your ways. You're not going to change if Jesus come down and told you. But nonetheless, uh, don't look at nobody now. You, you might. So anyway, uh, so... Get that book, and if you didn't get one in the mail there at the Connection Center, uh, feel free to browse through there. One of my favorite stories as well is, uh, is my latest grandbaby, Adeline. Uh, so uh, Sister Ashley wrote a wonderful story about the adoption, and you as a church uh, gave nearly $20,000 of the 40000 that it took to adopt her last year. And I just give the Lord praise for that. Amen. Did you know I, had, I was at, at winter camp meeting the other day, and I had one of our pastors, uh, he come up to me and said, Pastor, I want to be a part of that. Uh, how can I be a part of it? I said, well, she was, already, she was born on the 9th of November. We got her on the 12th. The budget has been met. We've already paid it. He said, but I still want to be a part of it. How can I? I said, well, I don't know what you want. He said, I want to give something. I said, well, write a check out to Adam Sainz. I'm sure they'll take it. <laughs> he wrote a $200 check and handed it to me, and I introduced him to Adam, who was on his way to camp meeting that night. And so uh, thank you so much for all that you do. And uh, we couldn't do the things we do without you. So my hat's off to you. Now let me dive right in. Uh, today I want to talk about uncomplicating marriage. Good Lord. <laughs> we sat in a meeting a few months ago, and all of us was throwing out topics and all of that. And the next time somebody gives me a topic like this, I'm going to let them preach it. Pastor Josh, wherever he's at now, he's probably teaching H-Track or something anyway. No, but we're going to talk about, because uh, it's not just one idea, we, we, we you know, bond together and get our mind wrapped around these things, but we want to talk about uncomplicating marriage, and I want to use, and it's a hard thing to do that, uncomplicating marriage is a huge mission to accomplish. I've been married for 33 years, and sometimes it's still complicated. Now, not in the sense, not in the sense, let me uh, be careful. Because in the sense of Facebook relationships, sometimes people just put, it's complicated. 
And that, you know, we went out with so-and-so and it got complicated. Now that, sometimes it's just short saying we had sex and I was married. Or I was in a relationship and I went beyond the bounds. Is anybody with me? Say amen. So not, uncomplicating marriage. Uh, man, that is a mission to undertake and here I am. And I think the only way possible to do it is if both partners play a role. Amen? Because we're, we're in this thing together. So this morning I want to try to address this subject of uncomplicating marriage by looking at a few areas uh, of the marriage relationship. And I had a wonderful opportunity yesterday to do a wedding right here in uh, our church. And uh, those opportunities come far more than I can accommodate. That's why so many times we, we let our, some of our other ministers do it. But uh, uncomplicating, number one, communication. Did you know, I, I think the, the, the largest problem in marriage that, that causes divorce, I want to say that there's two top-notch deals. One of them's money. That complicates everything. And the other one is communication. Because sometimes we do not communicate clearly. And, and my wife reminds me of that all the time because I'm thinking it's just as clear as can be. And it ain't. I was wrong. <laughs> so anyway, uncomplicating communication, and then I want to talk about, if I may, uncomplicate. Oh, by the way, this is a PG deal, so if you've got kids under 12, you might need to get them back to our wonderful kids' church and our nursery age or whatever, or cover their ears when the time comes. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. Uncomplicating sex. Oh, wow. Somebody said, man, I knew I supposed to have been at church today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. My alarm went off, and... And then uncomplicating complacency. Well, let's tackle the first one. Uncomplicating communication. Apple and Google has helped us with these things called emojis. Are you with me? I mean, they, they, have un, you know, they have helped us uncomplicate communication, at least to an extent. In other words, an emoji literally means in a Japanese term, a picture. Someone said that a picture is worth a thousand words. And so with just a little emoji, um, we get a glimpse of a paragraph of somebody's life. In other words, they put up an emoji and then boom, uh, we understand a whole mouthful or paragraph or page. And somebody, some people use enough emojis, emojis, you know, you've got the whole chapter or book. <laughs> and you get a, a glimpse inside the life of that person, what they're feeling, what they're thinking, because this is just a little picture to express. So, so I got them, uh, Tanya will show you a page right now. Man, there's a bunch of them. Man, you got emojis that run from, you know, running. You got the one that's got the cop on with, you know, the cap on his, you know, the policeman done pulled you over so you could say, I'm going to be late. I just got pulled over. And you got the policeman right there, you know, and he's got a little cap on. There might even be one with a ticket. I'm not sure, but I see a few of them. There's an emoji to say almost anything you want to say, and you got to be careful when you look at these things. Are you with me? Say amen. I got thinking about uncomplicating sex, and I thought to myself, man, I put a note in there for the media. People, y'all be careful about what you put up on the screen because I ain't no telling what that little picture's going to look like. Y'all with me? I don't want to mess up the communication, but nonetheless, so there's all kinds of emojis there. But I got a couple that I selected that I just kind of want to talk through. There's one of them of a girl, and she's just kind of like, you know, 
she's shrugging her shoulders, and it's kind of like your wife saying, well, what do you want me to do? I don't know. What did you expect me to do? I don't know. It's kind of that indicates a lack of knowledge on a particular topic or maybe even a lack of uh, care uh, of the result. And then, of course, there is the heart, which is the classic love symbol. You just went through Valentine's Day. As a matter of fact, we got sometimes hearts in your eyes. That's another emoji that, you know, um, can help you along, I guess. And then there's emoji. I kind of like this one. When you type ha-ha in a text message, there it is. Man, now this emoji explains how Kelly was about a year and a half ago. I was taking a shower, and man, I was all lathered up, man. You know, my hair way down to here. No, anyway, I was all lathered up. I'm taking a shower, and I don't know what had happened. I don't know if it was conditioner on the shower floor. I don't know, man, but I... Woo! And, and, and the high tub, man, it's like this. And so I tried to put my leg back, but I couldn't go back because the tub was in my way. And next thing you know, I fall backwards out of the shower, shower going everywhere, tore down the curtain, tore down the rod, fell between the sink and the toilet, like to kill myself. And Kelly comes in the room, and man, she's got tears flowing out her eyes, and she's dying laughing. I thought I broke my shin. I'm not kidding. I'm just, I'm just about crying. I'm talking about this is tears of hurt and pain. And she says, do you want me to call 911? <laughs> and she's just dying laughing. And I'm dying for real. So when you're laughing, that's, you know, when it's funny. And every one of you have, uh, you've been there. And then, then there's another emoji when uh, you're just sort of, I'm not so sure. I'm in deep thought about the question you just posed to me. And then everybody knows the emoji that maybe this was your wedding night. Woo! Maybe it was Valentine. I don't know. But that's fire. Matter of fact, we got a fire award where we award some volunteer every week with what's called that's fire. And when you touch it, it just sort of lights up and glows. And when they've done a good job, uh, it just says, that's fire. It's kind of a you know, late uh, saying, if you will. And there's an emoji for it. That's fire. Obviously, you know the smiley face, it, that sense of happiness, and you're delighted. And, but then there's that one that shows contempt or boredom. Huh? Maybe you drug your wife to another war movie. And she ain't supposed to be texting in the theater, but she's holding it down there and getting it done. I hope nobody's doing that right now, but you never know. <clears throat> and then, brethren, when you're feeling a little frisky at night and you look at her and she looks like... <laughs> I even heard one lady say that she was faking it. I'm not going to look in no direction. I'm just going to keep on. <laughs> We're going to try to uncomplicate it. But nonetheless, then there is this one. And I got to see this one on Kelly's face when I talked her into getting on the mountain coaster. Scared out of her mind. Fear had gripped her. Are you with me? And so, and then we have this other one. Uh, uh, it's Pinocchio's nose. And sometimes I just want to flash this thing right up on Facebook so quick, but my hands 
I, I just have a little better sense and pull back. But Pinocchio, you know what? In other words, you know that's a lie you could have kept from telling. I hadn't dyed my hair. <laughs> I hadn't touched up my photo. Uh, I really do. Uh, I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> Let me go. These emojis are meant to express our feelings at a glance. Just a tiny picture to speak about a paragraph of our life. And so if you didn't know what emojis are, there they are. If you need to figure them out, we got a page you can go to and check it all out. And so what happens is, did you know nowadays, did you know teenagers, they'll sit in the same living room as close as me and Matt and won't talk. They just text each other. What is that? Well, that's kind of the day in which we live. But uh, I'll give you one more for instance, uh, and I did not put this emoji, Tanya may have it, I'm not sure, back that way, but last Sunday after church, I took my grandkids on a camping trip I've been wanting to do since Christmas. So me and Todd, my son-in-law, and my son Adam took uh, Reagan and Heidi, uh, that's seven and five, and Micah is five, we took them camping. So we pitched a tent, I had a great time, man, and you know, uh, just... Uh, had a great time that night. Early the next morning, I had already been telling them that we were going to have squirrel or, or rabbit or something like that. And so uh, I got up early the next morning, killed a squirrel, come back to camp while they were still asleep, skint that squirrel while Todd was cooking breakfast, and laid it over there in the fire and roasted this squirrel. To where he's just right. Are y'all with me? Say amen. I, says, I, I can see some of your emojis right now. <laughs> and uh, so I went and woke, the, or the kids woke up about 8 o'clock and they came out and I had already had me the front leg. Wasn't bad. Adam had him some. So I said to Reagan and Heidi and Mike, I said, hey, we want to stage up a picture for Ma and for Mommy and all of them, and you just hold some squirrel up to your mouth and just act like you're eating it. Reagan says, Pop, I want to try it. I said, all right. I cut her off a piece. She took a bite. She said, Pop, this is good. Can I have some more? Absolutely. So I gave her some. Heidi, Pop, I want to try it too because Reagan tried So I give it to her. When I hand it to Mike, it's a little bit different. Now, he held it to his lips and took the picture. <laughs> and he said later, I didn't eat the squirrel. I just done it for the picture. But nonetheless, I sent that to Kelly and uh, I can't remember Carly and might have been one of the other uh, Chelsea and different ones. And she immediately sent me back an emoji and it was the puking emoji. <laughs> you understand? So, so I knew without a doubt that if she was there, she probably wasn't eating on that squirrel. That's good because I done ate it up anyway. But anyway, uncomplicating communication. Communication needs to be clear. When you're communicating, you're either building up or you're tearing down. Right? You're either constructing or destructing. So you have to be careful how you communicate and how you talk. And I'll tell you something else, man. It takes a whole lot of good things said to make up for one bad thing said. You can learn that the hard way. I did. Anyway, so now let me talk about uncomplicating sex and complacency. Wow. Hold on. It's a little bit tougher now to unpack this and to uncomplicate this. Uh, you know, communication wasn't that bad, but uh, y'all be careful with any emojis that you might use. But I want to talk with you about what the Bible says 
when it comes to marriage and when it comes to sex and fulfillment and all of that, God created man and God created woman. He created us sexual creatures and with the desire for one another. That's what the Bible said. He created us male and female and, and turned our desire one to the other. Therefore, sex should be viewed as a gift from God and designed to be enjoyed inside the confines of marriage between a man and a woman. God approves of sexual relationships within marriage alone, where a husband and a wife serve each other and meet one another's physical needs in sexual intercourse. Look with me at Proverbs chapter number 5. And now, uh, in Proverbs chapter 5, do we have that? Um, yeah. And I want to read verses 15 through 21. And... Um, he says, now there's a lot of symbolism here, so I want you to hear and see between the lines, okay? Drink from your own cistern. Well, he's saying have your own wife or have your own husband. Uh, water running from your own well. Should your springs overflow in the streets, your streams of water in the public squares? Let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. May your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always. Wow, did he say that in church? <laughs> Brothers, you might need to write that scripture down. <laughs> may you ever be intoxicated with her love. They wonder why in the world are you always touching me? <laughs> All right. Did I need to put the lights down a little bit? So y'all, anyway. He says, why my son be intoxicated with another man's wife? Why embrace the bosom of a wayward woman? For your ways are in full view of the Lord and he examines all of your paths. God created us for each other in the confines of marriage. Now we've messed that up with uh, infidelity, we've messed that up with adultery, which is sex with someone else outside of your marriage after you got married, or fornication sex before marriage, are you with me? But God wants to bless the union, and God gave us sex, I mean, absolutely for two reasons. Well, number one, procreation. And don't you laugh, but recreation. I'm going to show you biblically, you know I am, so... Uh, Paul indicates that sexual problems in a marriage can even hinder the Christian's prayer life in 1 Corinthians 7. We'll look there in just a moment. Both the husband and the wife have equal sexual needs which are to be met in a marriage according to Paul. And each is to pursue the needs of his, his spouse over their own. The Bible is uh, not necessarily a book on sex, but it does contain a complete theology about sexuality for the purpose of sex and warnings against its misuse and the beautiful picture of intimacy that exists between a man and his wife. Here's some examples that I want to give you. First of all, God gave us Sex, as uh, in Genesis 4, uh, it's about knowledge of each other. And then it's about intimate oneness, uh, being intimate with one another. Genesis 24 says it's about comforting one another. Uh, Genesis 1 talks about it's for procreation. 
And then in the book of the Song of Solomon, I don't have time to read this one, but brothers, you might want to write this scripture down. Song of Solomon 2, 8 through 17. I won't go there, but I will take you to Song of Solomon 4, 1 through 16. Are you with me? Song of Solomon um, 4 and verse 1 says, How beautiful are you, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. Your eyes behind your veil are doves. Your hair is like a flock of goats descending from the hills of Gilead. you got to understand the analogy that he's using. <laughs> your teeth are like the flock of sheep just shorn, coming up from the washing. Each has its twin. Not one of them is alone. Your lips, he says, are, are like a scarlet ribbon. Your mouth is lovely. Your temples behind your veil are like the halves of a pomegranate. Your neck is like the Tower of David, built with courses of stone. On it hang a thousand shields of all them shields of warriors. Your breasts are like two fawns, like twin fawns of a gazelle that browse among the lilies. Verse 6. Brothers, y'all writing these down? Ladies? <laughs> Until the day breaks and the shadows flee, I will go to the mountain of myrrh and the hill of incense. You are altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. Brothers, you're going to tell her that? Come with me from Lebanon, my bride. Come with me from Lebanon. Descend from the crest of uh, Amana to the top of Sinir, the Mount of Hermon, from the lion's dens and the mount, uh, uh, mountain haunts uh, of leopards. You have stolen my heart. My sister, not his sister, but you're with me? You've stolen my heart, my sister, my bride. You have stolen my heart with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel of your necklace. Y'all didn't know all this was in there, did you? Y'all thought this was about a whole bunch of do's and don'ts, but nonetheless. How delightful is your love, my sister, my bride. How much more pleasing is your love than wine and the fragrance of your perfume more than any spice. Your lips drop sweetness as the honeycomb, my bride. Milk and honey are under your tongue. The fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of Lebanon. Uh, he says, you are a garden locked up, my sister, my bride. You are a spring enclosed. Can we back up one, verse 12? Uh, you are a spring enclosed, a sealed fountain. Your plants are of pomegranates, which with choice fruits, with henna and nard, uh, nard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon, with every kind of incense tree and myrrh and aloes and all the finest spices. And what's this? Verse 15, you are a garden fountain, a well of water flowing, streaming down from Lebanon. Awake, north wind, come south wind, blow upon my garden that its fragrance may spread everywhere. Let my beloved come into his garden and taste its choice fruits. I done messed y'all up. I mean, I can see hearts all in your eyes now. Some of y'all say, man, if you just hurry up, we'll get on out of here. So God gave sex to the marriage. God is the author of the marriage covenant. He's the, marriage, uh, the author of the marriage contract. So he gets to define the parameters. Hebrews 13 and 14, or 13 and 4 says, the bed of the married is undefiled. Now, turn your attention to 1 Corinthians chapter number 7. And I want to talk about this complacency issue. Um, 
just bear with me. He says, now Paul, you got to understand, the people had written to the apostle Paul, and in verse 1, it presents a Corinthian position that they stated in a correspondence where they had written and asked the apostle Paul some questions about marriage. And, uh, you know, Paul, uh, he recommended celibacy, but he also tempered that with saying everybody don't have the gift of being celibate. And another place the scripture said it's better to marry than to burn. In other words, if you ain't got the gift, don't be spreading it around. Get married. <laughs> Tough crowd. He says, uh, uh, so what is this that divided the Corinthian church? Some advocated marital celibacy and others engaged in gross sexual immorality. I knew people who were married who still held to the fact that sex was for procreation alone. Boy, are you missing out. <laughs> That's not what God said. That's not what I read um, our brother Solomon just a moment ago. It seemed as though he enjoyed the presence of his wife and her beauty. But, but let me go on. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, but since sexual immorality is occurring, he's telling the Corinthians this, each man should have sexual relationships with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. Not everybody else's. The wife, watch this, verse 4, does not have authority over her own body, or excuse me, verse 3, the husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife. If you read that, he's saying that you need to take care of her sexually. And likewise, the wife to her husband, verse 4. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And in the same way, the husband don't have authority over his own body, but the wife does. What does that mean, Pastor? That, that means what it says. That means, my brothers, you need to take care of her, and my sisters, you need to take care of him. Now, he's going to go further about this complacency deal, and he says, do not, verse, verse 5, do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent. Does anybody know what mutual consent means? That means he agrees and she agrees. No sex tonight. And for only one reason, Paul said. Now, this is getting tough now. I'm just going to show you. Don't deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time that you may devote yourselves to prayer. And then come together again so that Satan don't tempt you because of your lack of self-control. What Paul is saying is this. I myself have got the gift of celibacy, and I can hang out and not be married. God's just given me that gift. Now, he didn't give it to me, and he probably didn't. I don't know if he gave it to you or not. Somebody asked me, well, why did you get married when you were 17? Well, he said it's better to marry than to burn. <laughs> Can't control myself, so I got to get married. Are y'all with me? And the rest of y'all can be honest and admit your situation. But nonetheless, here's what he says, is if you don't take care of him, I'm not justifying the fact that he has an affair. It is absolutely wrong, but your withholding yourself was a contributing factor to his failure. Likewise, husbands, if you show no affection, if you show no love toward her, and somebody else listens to her when you never did, and she falls into their arms and eventually into their bed, I'm not saying the sin is your fault. I'm saying your negligence of her, your neglecting to take care of her and listen to her and all of those things. That's why I hate arguing. Are y'all with me? Sometimes she's got something on her chest that 
man, why can't we talk about this tomorrow? And it's 2 o'clock and I got to get up. But you just got to pout it out, cry it out, shout it out. You got to do whatever you got to do to take care of it. Because, brothers, if you don't listen to her and then she does fall prey to somebody else, I'm not saying it's your fault, but it is a contributing factor that you never had time to listen to her. You're getting real quiet in here. Man, have mercy. So, so how are we going to fix all this? It has to do with complacency. If we're not careful, we're going to find ourselves in trouble. Man, let me try to read Ecclesiastes 9 and 9 real quick. Ecclesiastes 9 says, Enjoy life with your wife, uh, whom you love, all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun and all the meaningless days, for this is your lot in life in your toilsome labor under the sun. He says, Love your wife. I want to tell you something. Brothers, you hear me because when friends abandon you, when your money's gone, when even family on your side or her side kicks you to the curb, it'll be her that's right there. It'll be him that's right there. Let me tell you something. I've had good friends come and go. I've had church members come and go. Or we call them partners. But I've had them come and I've had them go. But she's always right there. Have we always seen everything eye to eye? No. But we talk through it. And you know, uh, this business about, uh, you know, I... I'm just going to, it's going to be my way or the highway and nobody ever gives. Listen, nobody ever gets everything they want. Marriage is about submitting one to another. So let me show you Deuteronomy chapter 24 and verse 5 real quick. So we're to concern ourselves with meeting her unique needs. If a man has recently married, now I wish this was the law today, but it ain't. If a man is recently married, he must not be sent to war or have any other duty laid on him for one year. He is to be free to stay at home and bring happiness to the wife he has married. Now, brothers, how many of y'all vote for that? <laughs> yes, sir. One year off. That's when Jesus told the parable uh, uh, about going. And they began to make excuse and they said, well, I bought some oxen, I got to go prove them. Another said, I bought some land, I got to go see it. And another one said, I've married a wife and I can't come because legally I've, I, I got a year off, man, to do my thing. Just sort of take care of her. So I want to turn your attention to 1 Peter 3 and 7. And I'm trying to get through this, I promise you. 1 Peter 3 and 7. Husbands, in the same way, be considered as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker vessel, the weaker partner. Um, you should never raise your hand to your wife. Are y'all with me? God will forgive you for striking her, but I don't know if her daddy will. I'm going to have a hard time with that one. Y'all with me? Say amen. No, you ain't got to prove that we're stronger because the Bible says you are. He says she is the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life that nothing hinder your prayers. So we have Paul and Peter telling us if we don't take good care of our wives, our prayers are hindered. So um, what do we learn from this? We can uncomplicate our communication. It's a tough thing, but we can do it. We can uncomplicate sex according to the Word of God. It is an integral part of our marriage covenant. Would you stand with me this morning? I know time has a way of getting by, especially with such a subject. I'm going to ask you if you'll join hands with your spouse 
And I want to, I want to pray for you today. <laughs> if your spouse ain't with you, you ain't got to join hands. I want you to know there's no sexual bargaining rights. We cut up about that sometime, but there is no bargaining rights. When you got married, ladies, you gave yourself to him. Brothers, you gave yourself to her. Neither party has a right to make such bargains. Uh, that is a form of marital prostitution, by the way. So sexual relations are to be equal and reciprocal. The Bible does not give us superior rights as a man or superior rights as a woman. He says the bottom line is your body belongs to him, your body belongs to her. He said the only way that you should, it's not that you're complicit or complacent. He said, but if you put a lot of distance between sexual encounters, you hear me? He says, the devil has somebody there to tempt him or her or both. Y'all with me? He know, Paul says because of this weakness, he said because of this burning desire God has put in mankind, period, woman and man, that that need is not going to go unmet, so you better meet one another's needs. Let us pray. Father, I pray for every married couple here. The devil would want to destroy the home. If he destroys the marriage, he knows its effect upon the church. God, you wrote the marriage covenant. You created man and then created woman taken out of man. Gave him to Adam and he said, this is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. And then the word of God says, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. And so, Lord, you've, gave us this, you've given us this union. Lord, it is not supposed to be so complicated, but we make it that way. Help us to communicate clearly. Help us to be understanding of one another. God, give us the wherewithal to have a great marriage. And Lord, as we understand one another more and we communicate better and we fulfill one another's needs physically, spiritually, uh, emotionally, and all of these things, God, I know by honoring the Word of God, our marriages will be stronger. Bless them now in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. If you, didn't, if you hadn't got a booklet yet, feel free. They're at the, the uh, Connection Center out there. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you on Wednesday night. Hey, remember, Easter is 